Honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect. I felt like I was being stripped of my wedding day because I didn't have my best friends there getting ready with me and being there to help me celebrate this moment. But it actually was unbelievable. And I still had the moment to get ready. All my vendors still were comfortable in coming. And I got my hair done, my makeup done. Apparently, I showed up an hour late to the ceremony. I gave Julian a little bit of a fright, but (laughs) don't worry, I made it down the aisle. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Welcome to the very first episode of Bride to Have Been. As mentioned, I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Well, technically, I have not yet changed my name, but since I plan to, we're rolling with it. I'm excited to bring you stories from those whose wedding plans and wedding-related businesses have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. I truly want everyone impacted to know that they are not alone and that there is a hashtag COVID bride tribe that they can lean on and learn from. To put it into context, there were over 2.2 million weddings in the U.S. alone last year. In an April Bloomberg article, Shane McMurray, CEO of The Wedding Report, stated that roughly 30% of weddings would be lost in 2020. Again, that was in April. I can't even imagine how many were moved, canceled, or reduced in size at this point in December. But before we dive into the stories of brides and wedding vendors, I want to kick off this first episode by sharing my 2020 COVID-style wedding. Yes, it ended up being a dream wedding, but the path to get there was not a straight flowered lined aisle. First, let me take a step back and give you all some background on how I met my husband Julian and why, from the first day I met him, I knew he could be the one. I met Julian in San Francisco at a boxing boot camp called HipFit SF. It was a four-week boot camp, five days a week at 6 a.m. For me, it was love at first sight. Julian walked through the doors wearing his red Under Armour workout gear matching head to toe. To be honest with you, from the jump, I was trying to make an impression on him, but I was also too nervous to ask him if he was single and would be willing to go out on a date with me. So it was the last week of our boxing boot camp. It was Memorial Day week, so we had that Monday off as a holiday, but we still had the boxing class at 6 a.m. On that Friday before, I asked Julian if he was going to the boot camp, and he said yes. To me, that was a moment of, he has to be single. So I showed up to the boot camp, and there were only four of us there out of probably a class size of 20 people. I felt like that was my moment that I could ask Julian to go grab coffee after class. But he actually beat me to the punch. Before the class even began, he asked me if I'd like to go watch Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals where the Warriors played OKC. For all my Dubs fans out there, you know exactly which game I'm talking about. This was the one where Kevin Durant was still on OKC, and we won. 
That night, Julian and I went to go watch the game with some of my friends and some of his friends. In fact, people thought we were dating. I was just having a great time. Julian and I completely were hitting it off, having many drinks, to be honest with you. We ended up kissing and it was lovely, but we still had to see each other at 6 a.m. every day afterwards, which for anybody that's been on a date before, or I don't even think it was actually a date. It's kind of weird to see the person the next day or like four days in a row right after. <laughs> Needless to say, we kept hanging out. I had found out he'd gotten out of a relationship pretty recently. So we took things quote unquote slow, but not really because next thing you know, I invited him to come to Hawaii with me, which was a little weird, but he still came and my family loved him. I guess you could say we actually ended up moving pretty quickly, especially when six months later, after we had first met in that boxing boot camp, I moved in with him. I honestly wasn't quite sure what my parents were going to think moving in with somebody six months of knowing them, but they loved Julian the moment they met him and spent so much time in Hawaii with him that they truly trusted that he was such an amazing person and the right person for me. It was really great to have their support. Julian and I ended up leaving the city about two years into our relationship and rented a house from some friends in the East Bay that then a few months later, we ended up buying. It's hard to buy a house here in the Bay Area. We were fortunate to have the support of our family, but it was a difficult decision for our families because Julian and I weren't married. So here we are, two people dating one another, and we own this house. So what's next? My sister at this point was engaged for about a year. And so I had no expectation of Julian and I getting engaged while she was engaged. i for some reason had in the back of my head that he was going to wait until after my sister and her now husband, David, got married. But in December of 2018, to be exact, December 7th, the reason for the date is that Julian's lucky number is 12 and my lucky number is seven. He's very thoughtful like that. Julian decided to surprise me. I definitely was that girl that had zero clue that they were getting proposed to. To break it down for you all, I was on a business trip in New York City and Julian always gave me a hard time for dilly-dallying on my business trips and extending them so that I could spend extra time in the city where I was visiting. So Julian asked me to get home by that Thursday night so that we could hang out on Friday and then go to his holiday party that weekend. On Friday, we both were working from home, but Julian somehow got out of working from home and went into the city to meet with a client. Kuyana, which is a San Francisco small leather goods and apparel brand. That's actually one of my favorite brands. And I asked him, please get a discount so I can benefit from your meeting. So he gets back. He's really excited. But honestly, I just kind of thought he was excited because we had talked about closing our computers around three o'clock, jumping in our matching onesie pajamas and having wine outside. And he's trying to distract me. And I said to him, Julian, if you don't stop talking to me, I'm not gonna be able to shut my computer at three o'clock today. So he really, he immediately shut up. Then three o'clock rolled around. Julian is in his onesie. Here I am still working, trying to wrap things up. He goes outside. He's messing around with a camera. We have a beautiful view of San Francisco. So I thought he was trying to capture a sunset picture. Little did I know he actually was hitting record so that he was going to be able to capture the engagement. He's so sneaky. But he also then decided to pull out his drone that he had purchased over the Thanksgiving holiday, 
also telling me and convincing me he needed this drone for I don't even know what, let alone that it was to record our engagement as well. He had a few options. He, he was trying to capture the moment. So I get into my onesie, come outside. He tells me to fly the drone because I never flown the drone before. So I was like, okay, cool. This flashy electronic device. I'll be happy to fly this drone. Then he says, I left something in the garage. Let me go grab it. And of course, I'm distracted at this point. So I have no idea what he's talking about. He comes back and it's a Kuyana bag. And he goes, they gave me a discount. So I got you a little something. And I, again, another flashy thing. So here I am just passing him the remote. And so he takes the remote from me, hands me the Kuyana bag, and I open it up and it's a jewelry box, a travel jewelry box. And it has the initials EML. And just for everybody that doesn't know me, my maiden name initials are EMS. And so his sister has EML as her initials. And I looked at him, I said, Julian, why'd you get me Ebony's initials? And again, so naive and clueless here. Julian looks at me and says, open it. And that was definitely the moment where I was like, oh my God, I think this is happening. Again, I had no idea. I really didn't think he was proposing to me until after my sister was getting married. So I opened the the jewelry box and there was a beautiful ring in there. I honestly could not tell you what Julian was saying to me because I blacked out. He gets down on his knees and... I also get down on my knees with him. (laughs) And it actually took me a little bit to say yes, because I'm just like in shock. And I think I was laughing, crying all together in one. It was honestly a really special moment. And finally he goes, do you say yes? And I'm like, yes, I say yes. And then he goes, do you like the ring? And I'm like, of course I love the ring. We put it on. It's absolutely unbelievable. I was blown away. So the drone captured the whole engagement. Additionally, we also had the camera that he had somehow posted up somewhere in the corner that also captured on video. So we have a really awesome video on it that we'll have to share at some point. But he then tells me, well, I have another surprise for you. We're not going to my holiday party, which I loved his coworkers. So I was like, wait, what? We're not going to your holiday party? I really wanted to see your friends. And he's like, no, you're going to need to pack your bag right now. And we're going to head up to auto camp in Russian River. And then at that point, I was like, okay, like that's way better. And it ended up being a beautiful weekend celebrated just the two of us up in Russian River. Auto camp is a really cool glamping site where you can camp in airstreams. It was a very wintry type vibe weekend. So it was a lot of time just like drinking wine, hanging out in the airstream, also exploring Russian River and then sitting by the fire. And we ended up actually extending our trip by an extra day and sucking it up on a Monday and getting up, I think at like 5am in the morning to drive back home so that we can go get ready and go to work that day. It was super special moment. And then we were engaged for about a year and a half. And to be honest with you, that year and a half we were engaged, Julian and I still had some things we needed to work on and myself personally that I needed to work on from just previous relationships that caused me to be insecure and and so forth. So we spent that year really just focusing on building our toolkit of what we needed to be successful as a couple, as individuals, but also what we need to be successful as we start to build a family. It was a really important year for us, but also it allowed me to grow as an individual. We had a really tough time for a while trying to figure out the wedding venue 
that we wanted to to go with. We originally envisioned getting married on a rooftop in San Francisco. And for all my Bay Area folks, I think we all are aware of how expensive weddings can be, especially in the city. And we just had a hard time envisioning a wedding that was like five to six hours long and would have cost our families over $75,000, I would say at minimum. And it was just something that we didn't feel like was right for us. So every year we go glamping with Julian's family at this place called Flying Flags, and it's in Buellton, California. There's a specific area within Flying Flags that has these tiny homes and is a closed off ranch area. So we're like, well, this would be really cool if we could have a weekend celebration with our close family and friends and have this private area to ourselves. So we decided to book our wedding at Flying Flags for September 12th, 2020. And we were trying to find a significant date. We wanted to do May 30th because that was the first quote unquote date we were on, even though it wasn't really a date. But Flying Flags didn't have that date available. So we landed on September 12th because 12 is Julian's lucky number, as I mentioned before. And we always had this joke that Julian always wanted a small wedding and I always wanted a big wedding. So we tried to make an agreement to have 125 people or less. But as we were planning our wedding, it was not looking like that. And in fact, we had a list, I think, of near 200 people, maybe like 180-ish. And we were going back and forth on hiring a wedding planner. I think I was a little hesitant because I I felt like, well, I think I could handle this myself. But Julian knew that he was starting his own business and that he needed to put focus there. And that if I were to take this on myself, it probably would have caused some tension between us. So he asked, can we please agree to, to get a wedding planner? And I said, okay, I'm aligned. I think that will end up helping us. We connected with our wedding planner, Jane Gerwin, and her sister had gotten married at Flying Flag. So we felt really good because it's like, well, her sister got married there. Very likely she helped plan her sister's wedding. So she knew the lay of the land and she was such a perfect fit for us. So we're making good way as we head into 2020, but March hits and the shelter in place announcement happens. I just come back from my best friend's bachelorette party. So it was kind of like, wait, what? It felt like the world was locking down and I literally had just had this great weekend with my, my girlfriend and her friends. So here I am, it's March, and I'm like, there's no way our wedding's going to be impacted. We're in September. I was more concerned about my girlfriend who was supposed to get married in April. I was texting her like, what are you going to do? And she was postponing and so forth. So I kept moving along as if nothing was going to change. We even had reached out to our guests, I think around April, and said, we know the world's in a crazy place and it's scary times, but... We do feel confident our wedding is going to happen. We'll keep you posted if anything changes. So again, keep mosing along. I'm seeing weddings get canceled in May. June weddings, my girlfriend who was supposed to get married in April had postponed to June. She also then had to cancel her June wedding and postpone to July 2021. So now it's starting to feel a little bit more real. And we knew we had to make a decision soon. And... Julian and I had a conversation of like, do we postpone or do we keep it within 2020? At the end of the day, we had agreed that we wanted to keep it within 2020 because we want to start a family soon. I have 
type one diabetes. I have things I need to focus on when we want to try to start to have a family. So we really just wanted to have this special day and then start our next adventure and not focus on having to replan our wedding. So we talked to our wedding planner, Jane, and we say, Jane, one thing we know for sure is we're going to get married this year. However it looks, we are going to get married, but we need some guidance as we get closer. And I think it was a breath of fresh air for her to hear that we still wanted to get married in 2020 because from our understanding, a lot of couples were postponing their weddings to 2021. So we're hopeful that at least created some relief for her knowing that she had the wedding coming her way. But as we were talking with Jane and we are talking with Flying Flags, we all agreed that we needed to come to a final decision by July, by it was 4th of July weekend, because we needed to let our guests know whether or not this was happening. So July approaches, and I think Joanne and I truly knew deep down what was going to happen, but I think we just really kept wanting to wait it out to see if California was going to allow gatherings of more than, I think, 10 people at that time. We were actually hoping for 50. We were able to get our list down to 50. So we were, we were keeping all, our, all of our fingers and toes crossed at that point. But July hits and we just have that honest conversation. And we tell Jane and we tell our, our venue that, you know what, for the sake of everybody, our family, our friends, we think it's safest that we just keep our wedding to our immediate family. We don't want to put anyone at risk. And also at that point, California was only allowing ceremonies and no receptions. Everyone would have to wear a mask. That was just not the vision we wanted as Julian and I love to dance. And we're that couple on the dance floor at every wedding we go to. So we didn't want to have just a ceremony. Flying Flags did give us a full refund we are grateful, as we know, many couples have not had the same experience as us. So I do want to empathize with all those couples. We ended up moving our wedding to Hotel Californian, which it's a newer hotel based in Santa Barbara, walking distance from the beach. Absolutely gorgeous. Art deco, modern vibe, awesome tile artwork. I'm clearly into those kind of details. We decided to just have our immediate family. That meant both of our parents and our siblings, and my sister's husband, also my sibling. So it was really a tight-knit group, total of nine of us. But I've seen a lot of elopements happen this year, and I knew for myself that I wanted to wear my wedding dress, and I wanted it to feel like a true wedding for me, knowing that this was going to be my wedding, and you know maybe we would have a party later on, but this was going to be my true wedding experience. So we made the decision to execute it just like a wedding. We like to call it our micro wedding. Julian and I did still decide to keep our wedding in Southern California, specifically in Santa Barbara area, because we had hired all of our vendors and we wanted to make sure that one, we had put our deposits down. We didn't want to lose our money, but two, we had just established these relationships with them over the last six to nine months. And we wanted to meet them and help employ them during these tough times as well. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still manage to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, 
we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. I have to say... I'm really grateful for my my family during these tough times. And that's just not my family specifically, but also my new family. I was fortunate to be able to have a bachelorette party in bridal shower prior to the wedding. My sister was a huge component to planning my bachelorette party. She put so much creativity and effort into making that weekend so special and safe. Leading up to the bachelorette party was probably one of the toughest moments I had during this year with just the whole wedding shenanigans. And unfortunately, two of my best friends, my writer dies, aside from my sister, you know, they've been in my life since I was about 10 years old. Both of them weren't able to make it due for meaningful circumstances. One of them was pregnant and the other one thought that she had been exposed to COVID but it was really tough for me to process and to handle. I definitely had a, a moment of weakness. I'm even crying about it now. <laughs> but it was, it was tough to not have them there with me. So it's funny. I think back and I'm like, I couldn't even imagine not having them at my wedding day either. So yes, it was, it was really hard. But You know, both of them are supposed to get married as well. So they're also going through this. So we've been able to bond over that and just kind of hear how we're all handling and trying to navigate wedding planning during the pandemic. My mom, I spearheaded my bridal shower. Her and my mother-in-law were really excited to throw me this bridal shower and they did everything in their power to make it happen and make it happen safely. So we ended up having my bridal shower in August, a few weeks after my bachelorette. I did get COVID tested just to make sure as I was about to be around some older people. So I wanted to just be safe, just had to plug that in there. But my parents hosted about, I'd say 20 people in in their backyard and, you know, masks were required. We did take them off for pictures, but they were put on quickly after. But it was so, again, just another special moment I know a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to have their bachelorette parties or their bridal showers, and I, I feel for them. And so I just wanted to to thank my family and friends for finding a way to make it happen and to make it happen safely. And so Julian and I made our way down to Santa Barbara a little bit before our families and spent some time in Santa Barbara. And then our families came on Thursday and Friday And then the wedding celebration happened on Saturday. Honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect. I felt like I was being stripped of my wedding day because I didn't have my best friends there getting ready with me and being there to help me celebrate this moment. But it actually was unbelievable. And I still had the moment to get ready. All my vendors still were comfortable in coming 
And I got my hair done, my makeup done. Apparently, I showed up an hour late to the ceremony. I gave Julian a little bit of a fright, but (laughs) don't worry, I made it down the aisle. So we did everything. We had the whole ceremony where we all walked down the aisle. Julian decided to walk out to the Circle of Life from The Lion King. So if you all know that, that song, that's what he walked out to. Yes, I know. It was a whole conversation, but I let him do it. I don't think I really had a choice, to be honest with you. And then I walked out with my parents. Julian and my brother-in-law came up with a really beautiful ceremony for us. We exchanged vows. We passed around our love log. Yes, what's a love log? On our one-year anniversary, we went to Tree Bones, which is in Big Sur. It's another glamping site. (laughs) It's clear we like glamping. And we had a few drinks of wine and <laughs> we we stole this lo- this log because the place that we were at closed their common area and we were freezing outside. And so we thought we were being rebels by stealing this log. So we kept it. So we passed around our love log. Our parents and our siblings said one word of advice as we head into marriage. And then we did our handshake, which I think we surprised people because a lot of people don't know we have a handshake. And then We did a really cool tradition that's within the black culture where you jump over a broom entering into this like new life together as a couple. Julian's mom was really pushing for us to jump over this broom. And to be honest with you, I, this was for Julian to decide I was going to support whatever his decision was because it was something for his side of the family. I'm half Japanese. We make a thousand cranes to bring good luck to the couple. So we had done that. Shout out to my parents for making the majority of those cranes. And then shout out to Julian and his dad for building this beautiful frame to hang them from. Two days before the wedding, Julian finally agrees and tells his mom that we're going to do it. Oh my, bless Julian's mom and his sister. They spent the entire day before the wedding trying to find all the pieces to creating this broom. And just for you all, I had never seen a ceremony where somebody jumped over a broom. So I literally thought you like could go to Ace Hardware and go pick out a broom and then just lay it on the ground and jump over it. That's not the case. This thing was gorgeous. It was wrapped in ribbon. It had fake flowers glued to it. It was absolutely beautiful. We actually have it now in our house as like a decor piece. So our ceremony, we jumped over the broom after we kissed. And then we walked out celebrating and it was pretty beautiful. So before we headed up for the reception, we had a photo shoot, but within that photo shoot, we had to have one with Julian's 1977 truck, Nash. We took Nash to a bluff and Julian and I had quite the photo shoot with the truck. And then we headed up to the reception. We had our first dance together. I had my dance with my dad and then he had his dance with his mom. We also had speeches in between where we had everybody in our family speak. It was really special given it's been such a tough year. We look back and we're so grateful for how our wedding turned out to the point that we thought we were going to have a celebration. I don't know if it was going to be 2021. We don't know what it's going to look like or 2022, but it has gotten to the point that we actually don't feel like we need to. We feel so happy in content in that piece with how our wedding celebration went. And I'm excited to officially be Mrs. Lewis, even though legally I'm not yet, it will happen. I hear it's a pain in the butt. So although our wedding wasn't 
our, or my original vision, it was absolutely perfect and it surpassed any and all expectations that we had. September 12th was not only about Julian and I coming together as one, but it was also about our families joining together as well. That's exactly what it was, and it was the most unforgettable experience. We all need bright spots in 2020, and this by far was the biggest bright we could have ever asked for. If I had to do it all over again, I definitely wouldn't have 150 people come to our wedding. I think I'd be happy to have 50 people. Every COVID bride and groom is approaching how they wanna move forward with their wedding. I decided that COVID wasn't going to stop me this year, but others would prefer to take a different approach. I'm excited for you to hear the various COVID wedding stories to come and how wedding industry professionals are also trying to figure out how to keep their businesses alive during these unpredictable times. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.